Tovan and everyone. Welcome, Carlos Welcome to another episode of Tolkien Takeaway. I am your host, Vasilius Asimakos, recording from Chatsworth, California, and we have reached episode 30. Episode 30, entitled That Call You Have to Take. Episode 30. The tens are big. The tens, the, the tens hit you when you hit the multiples of 10. Yeah. Episode 30, another tens milestone. So, uh, this episode on the podcast, your own personal trip to Valinor. It's true. But first, the news from Numenor. The biggest news, of course, in to- in the Tolkien world, Tolkien-related news, is that Andy Serkis, who is, of course, the voice and the motion capture uh, performer, reference for in The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit for Gollum slash Smeagol, did a live reading of the entirety of the entirety of the Hobbit on Friday, May eighth, to raise money for charity, and um, the the entire the, the the proceeds of the of this fundraiser that he did um, were split fifty fifty. One one half went to NHS charities together, which uh, provides relief to healthcare professionals and their families uh, and COVID nineteen patients. Um, these are both. Uh, these are both. Um, well, NHS is kind of a worldwide, is a worldwide charity, but uh, there's a branch in the UK, and uh, the other charity was called Best Beginnings, which is a, a, a an English charity, a British organization, providing education and outreach to families with infants and young children. So Harper Collins, the publishers of of The Hobbit, are allowing uh, the recording of one chapter. You can guess which one? Uh, Riddles in the Dark to stay online until June 14th. So um, that chapter, the recording of that chapter is on YouTube. And um, I'm sharing the link. I'll, I'll be sharing the link um, in the show notes uh, for you to, to check out if you haven't already. And um, I highly, highly recommend that you watch it. So uh, if you know me and if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of the books. And and the movies, uh, which I do love, I do of course love, can't hold a can't hold a candle to the books. Um, but and but I will say, I will say that Andy Andy Serkis' performance in 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 the Lord of the Rings is is it's just iconic. It's absolutely iconic, and and it should go down in history as one of the most visceral um, and em- emotional. And most important performances of all time, of all time in cinema history, in cinema history, nothing like that had ever been done before. Nothing like what he did had ever been done before, and uh, it, and 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 just the fact that that performance, um, which so much of it is Andy Serkis, still holds up to this day. Still holds up to this day is just a complete testament to to Andy Serkis's uh, talent and just raw power so he's just a force force of nature in those movies and he brought a hundred percent of that classic circus power energy to to his performance because it wasn't just a reading it was a performance it was a full-out performance and i watched i watched it that's that chapter specifically while i was i was doing something with melinda and my plan was just to to have it on in the background so we could listen to it like like it's an audiobook. But after 30 seconds of listening, our heads just turned towards the screen of their own accord. Um, and it kept happening. We kept trying to go back to what we were doing, but our heads just kept kept turning back to the screen. 
the perf- the, the the performance, the audio performance was too good to be able to, to not want to see the face, the body that was creating it at the same time as it was happening. We wanted to take in the whole glory of it. So he, yeah, I mean, he was he was hissing and spluttering and coughing and 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 laughing giddily, just like that that cackling and and he was weeping and and he was crying and um, but he was also a cooing that childlike cooing that he does uh, that it, it, like I'd never seen before, like you don't see in the movies. He he, if the movies were a ten, this was an eleven, and. The fact that he was using the professor's words directly, the 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 the, the text of the Hobbit directly, and and w- just elevated, just did just 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 work to elevate the performance, and 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 so he he had you know the Gollum dialogue, but he was filling in the gaps with with the with the Gollum that we all love from um you know kind of the non-verbals the non-verbal sounds in between the words, um. With an energy, with like that classic Gollum performance that that we all that that we love from the movies, it really it was it was just it was it was such a cool meld of 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 performer and material, of just uh, just that, that an amazing partnership, an amazing bridge between the text, the material, and what a performer, uh, an amazing performer who is who who is so in touch with this character um can do like that that it's it was it was just really really good it was just really good i have i don't really have any other words to say it's just that it was really good and and what's really struck me this time that didn't that didn't struck me strike me as much like in in my uh viewings of of the peter jackson's lord of the rings movies was um, that range in the voice, the range in in that voice, how he's he has that kind of twisted and demented baby-like tone, right? So that's that's kind of the tone for all of it. It's kind of twisted, it's baby-like at the same time, it's demented at the same time. But through that tone, he goes through every single shade of emotion that there is, every single color on the spectrum, on the emotion spectrum, he goes through, he hits, and it's just really astounding, it's just so impressive, and one little touch, one little touch that stood out to me, uh, that I hadn't really picked up before, like I'd obviously heard it before, when he was, uh, when he was doing it in the movies, but it's really stood out to me this time, is that when Gollum is at his most dangerous, when he is, when you have to watch out for him, when, when there's, when he's planning something really wicked, and those gears, those evil gears are turning behind those eyes. When he inhales, his intake of breath sounds like a rattlesnake. And it's just, it's just something that, it's just, yeah, it's just another level of menace that, uh, that Andy Serkis adds to that performance. And it's truly just, that, though, that little kind of nuance is just so impressive. It's just so impressive. Um, uh, yeah, so, um, that was awesome. Uh, that was awesome. I'll put that, the link to that in the show notes. Um, and I really hope that you go and, and check it out. And it's only up till June 14th. It's only up till June 14th. So <clears throat> make sure you see it before that. Um, 
The other piece of Tolkien news is also that I have is also is also Gollum themed actually. So if you remember a few episodes ago, there's this video game company based in France, I believe, called Daedalic Entertainment, and it was coming out with a, a Gollum game um, for the next generation of consoles. And they released some sk- some stills actually from the game, and the game just lo- it looks gorgeous. It looks it looks really really beautiful, and uh, the model for Gollum looks pretty close to the pretty close to the one in the Jackson movies, but it's maybe, um, what word should I use? Uh, it's a little softer. It's more aimed at children. Um, yeah, those, that, that, that kind of feeling. And, and it also looks like we'll definitely be following Gollum through some adventures, uh, in Mirkwood and Mordor. So really looking forward to seeing the gameplay on this one. Don't think I'm ever going to play it unless I'm over like a friend's house or something and there they have it. Um, but really looking forward to seeing the gameplay from it, and I'll post a link to um, those stills, those stills in the show notes as well. Pause here to do a few plugs. Please like the podcast on Facebook, Tolkien Takeaway. Just search uh, Tolkien Takeaway on Facebook, and the, and the podcast should pop right up. Follow the podcast on Twitter. The handle is at Tolkien Takeaway. Subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And if you would be so nice, please give me a nice rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the podcast. And if you find it in your heart, please leave me a, a review. Uh, also, please email me, TolkienTakeaway at gmail.com. I would love to talk some Tolkien with you, and who knows, your email might even get on the podcast. So, having said all that, let's head down to the Hobbit Hole, shall we? So today you're actually getting two Hobbit Hole quotes for the price of one. Um, but they are, they're both directly connected, and both of them come from, from our old friend Legolas Greenleaf. So here's the first one. Here's the first quote. It comes from uh, Return of the King in the chapter entitled The Last Debate. And, and uh, Legolas and Gimli have just gone to visit, uh, have just uh, reunited with their friends, and they're, they have just visited Merry in the Houses of Healing in Minas Tirith, and all of a sudden this happens. They went and sat upon the wall with the greensward of the Houses of Healing behind them, and away southward before them was the Anduin glittering in the sun as it flowed away, out of the sight even of Legolas, into the wide flats and green haze of Lebanon and South Ithilien. And now Legolas fell silent while the others talked, and he looked out against the sun, and as he gazed he saw white seabirds beating up the river. Look, he cried, gulls! They are flying far inland. A wonder they are to me, and a trouble in my heart. Never in all my life had I met them, until we came to Pelargir, and there I heard them crying in the air as we rode to the battle of the ships. Then I stood still, forgetting war in Middle-earth, for their wailing voices spoke to me of the sea. The sea, alas! I have not yet beheld it, but deep in the hearts of all my kindred lies the sea-longing, which it is perilous to stir. Alas! For the gulls! No peace shall I have again under beech or under elm. And then we'll skip ahead to the chapter entitled The Field of Cormalin. And uh, what's happened now is after the Battle of the Black Gates, Legolas is filling everyone else in on uh, his plans for the future for himself. And I, said Legolas, shall walk in the woods of this fair land which is rest enough In days to come, if my elven lord allows, some of our folk shall remove hither, 
and when we come it shall be blessed for a while, for a while, a month, a life, a hundred years of men. But Anduin is near, and Anduin leads down to the sea, to the sea, to the sea, to the sea, the white gulls are crying, the wind is blowing, and the white foam is flying. West, west away, the round sun is falling. Gray ship, gray ship, do you hear them calling? The voices of my people that have gone before me? I will leave, I will leave the woods that bore me. And we'll stop that there. So why these two quotes, Facilius? Why why these two quotes, might, might you ask? Well, um, so I'm actually in a literary society here uh, in L.A. with a group of friends. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of take our inspiration from the Tolkien's the Tea Club and Barovian Society and, and the Inklings. And um, so and we read uh, we read stories um, for each meeting. And, and we read the story and in the story. There's this character who undergoes this incredibly emotional experience that she's she might not be able to recover from to come back from. So I got to thinking, what what kind of thing would I not be able to to come back from? What what kind of life sh- life shifts? would I not be able to uh, come back from? And and the thing that immediately comes to mind is my actually my relationship with literature. With Tolkien, of course, being the foremost figure. He's my favorite author. His his uh, his works are my favorite works. I have a podcast about him, etc. And um but even even aside from Tolkien, I've been I've been exposed to some really, really beautiful, achingly beautiful, painfully beautiful um, and profound writing, uh, profound art that has really kind of shaped uh, the way that I look at the world and and um, contributed to changing me as a person, hopefully for the better. And um, you know, I've I've found relief and I found uh, escape in the best sense, and I found um, I've had kind of transcendent experiences through reading, and and now I am blessed enough to have to to have have reading and that intellectual life that comes with reading um, related to my vocation as a teacher. And I'm so blessed. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, and when Legolas sees the shore and he he sees the gulls and he hears the gulls, something stirs deep inside of him. Like something is really some, something really starts pulling on his heart and he feels this incredible longing. And it's this switch inside of him that is once turned on, you can't turn it off. So he can uh, live with it, but he he can't forget it, and he can't extinguish it, and he can't uh, squash it down, because because it's pulling at him. And no matter how long he stays in Middle Earth, it's going that feeling is going to be will that with him that that longing is going to be with him that sea longing, and there's no there's no going back for him. And so if that was an analogy to my own experience, it would be to the current path that I'm on uh, with uh, in education um, related to my intellectual life and related to my uh, my love of reading so I, I get to tap I get to tap into my into my passion in some capacity even tangentially and quite often and again like I said it's a great blessing and I'm really grateful for it and that's the switch that that can't be flicked down flicked off now can't be flicked down can't be turned off. That's what I'm talking, or or else it would be very, very hard to, very, very challenging to go back now. To, um, uh, because I'm 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 so lucky to uh, utilize, um, um, to to uh, immerse myself in that intellectual life, to immerse myself into into um, uh, 
in, in, into uh, my love uh, of literature and what can be gained from literature. And it would be incredibly hard to, to turn back now because because like like Legolas, because like our friend Legolas, I I feel like I, I was called home and I'm 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 on that path now. So I hope and I pray that that if you have seen the shore and the gulls and you have heard the call of the sea, so to speak, that that you'll be able to to begin your journey home. And if you're on your journey home, that you come safely to uh, to uh, your own blessed realm. And um, I just want to thank, uh, as for the special thanks, you know, I do the special thanks at the end of every episode. I do want to give a special thanks to my mom. I mean, I'm getting kind of emotional. Uh, I do want to give a special thanks to my mom for instilling that love of books uh, in me from a young age. I'm really grateful for that because it because it really has, has shaped me. And and for um, Melinda Asimakos, of course, for her support and letting me bounce ideas off of her because she's so valuable, um, especially when I need to talk through ideas uh, for the podcast. Um, and uh, so, yeah, very grateful to have her. Uh, as a as a partner here, as a silent partner, on the, although she has appeared on one episode uh, here at Tolkien Takeaway, and special thanks, uh, uh, to, of course, to God for all things. So that's it, my friends. That's all for now, boys and girls. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Namaste.